Look it up right now. Look it up. They are the We're number one We're going to go to a commercial break that we don't have while we look this up. The rivalry. Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is The Rivalry. Hello again and welcome back to The Rivalry Podcast. At such a time as this, there are <laughs> 10 days till the game. Love it or hate it, there are 10 days to the game. And I don't think there's been this much hype for the game since 2006 when it was one versus two. What do you think? I mean, I think 2016, the the 2v3 would be close. Yeah. But again, it, it the rankings will not be at that same level, but the amount of, and I think a lot of it being fueled by people like myself who think Michigan has a legitimate yep. chance to actually do it, that just drives it a little bit more. It's less of one fan base being excited, one fan base being like, I don't know. Both feel confident going into the game. And I... It, it's good. It's good for the rivalry. All that being Podcast. said, we are thankful <laughs> that you are here and listening to us. And you have been for the whole season so far. So thank you so much. We will be back next season as well. You can catch us every Wednesday next season. We're excited for the hype that is building for not just the last week of the season, but everything postseason. It's going to be so much fun. So if you don't mind going on Twitter and following us, you can stay posted even when you're not listening to all the things that we're retweeting and tweeting and keeping you in the loop between Michigan and Ohio State. You can find us at Jace and Mitch, and we would greatly appreciate that. So Jace, what are your thoughts coming off of this last weekend? So, I mean, let's start with Ohio State, who goes on the road to East Lansing, um, something Michigan did just a couple weeks ago, and comes away with a win. That's never an easy thing. Um, Ohio State got to experience the fun. I don't know what Mark D'Antonio does with the weather. I don't know what he does. He has He's got some a weather machine somewhere buried in that sad little rock of a heart that he has. What is it about East Lansing that is just the weirdest games happen up there? It's so, I wish I could tell you. Like their I whole strategy throughout the season is lay in the weeds and then ruin <laughs> someone's season, and they do that by by controlling the weather yep. and just all the weird stuff that happens up there. Regardless, I'm excited. Well, yeah, and you, Buckeye you fans should be excited that they came away with a 20 point victory at a road game ranked. I'm I'm excited. I'm just gonna start going now if that's okay with you. Please, I'm just gonna get into Buckeye improvement. Buckeye fans, stop panicking leave this game encouraged about the improvements that are made in the last couple of weeks. What has everybody been saying? Our defense needs work. Our run game needs work. Our quarterback dual threat option needs work and our special teams need work. The highlights of all of this game were all of those things. We made a decent football team look terrible and okay. You can talk about the weather. Maybe they have a weather machine and that was hurting them as well. It's always bad weather. When Michigan played them, it was always oh, bad weather. Regardless, yeah. And Michigan, I mean, beat them as handily as Ohio State did, being number four. So I think that there is a lot of optimism here. Ohio State's defense looked really, really solid. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers here, and we outclassed Michigan State in pretty much everything. We looked really, really good. And, and just saying, I think when Lee Corso picked Michigan State, I felt that... You feel victimized a little bit? Well, we had it in the bag because <laughs> anything that Lee Corso picks on game day, the opposite happens. I would love to see his overall track record because it's it's abysmal. I'm sure we can find that. I we would need to s- hire a stats guy and get him to go, hey, go look that up. 
I don't know. I'm just yelling into the <laughs> abyss. It's fine. Last week, I said this game wouldn't be close, and it ended up not being close. It was close about at about halftime, but the second half, when the Buckeyes normally show up and they get a feel for how things are going, they showed up and just completely shut down Michigan State. About the time that Michigan State opted to snap the ball over the punter's that head. That was humiliating for them. I mean, how bad of a situation in your football team at home do you voluntarily snap the ball through the goalpost? I, and I've taken some flack for this, but I'm going to go ahead and take this take. I understand that there are times when you want to intentionally take the safety. Yeah. That is not one of those times. It is a one point ball game. You have been, you've, and I understand you've been trapped in your own end. You're trying to get out, whatever. You've been there the entire second half. And Ohio State has done squat with it. And there has Why to be, would you not just kick it away? There has to be a more dignifying way to take the safety. <laughs> that is the most humiliating. Everybody, like, it, if it was a debate in the moment of whether they did it on purpose or whether they didn't, that's not good. You right, should show yeah. that, okay, we are intentionally, knee it, do something. It looked, it looked bad. Well, and then from that point forward... Ohio State then started to slowly kind of strangle Michigan State yeah. until you end up with what looks like a blowout in a game that really wasn't. It was a, a sloppy back and forth game until that point. That was the deciding factor. Mark D'Antonio got out coached. Yeah, he absolutely did. I mean, and what Urban Meyer focuses on as a coach is special teams. And you talk about an insane textbook special teams showing. Chrisman put four of the punts within the six-yard line, and two of those were within the two-yard line. He had seven within the ten. It's unbelievable I don't punting know, game. I don't know that I have ever seen, I've been watching football for 25-plus years, I don't know that I've ever seen someone with that consistency place it inside the six-yard line that many times in a row. In I, that, bad it's unheard weather. of. In bad unheard weather. Of. Yeah, it was absolutely awesome. And another thing that Ohio State did well was our red zone scoring rate. In the red zone, we scored 40% of the time. Michigan State was zero. When they were in the red zone, they did not score. So I feel very good about the improvements that we made. We're making good tackles. We're ma- we have good pass defense. We're even rushing the quarterback, which is kind of new. And our <laughs> our our run game looks awesome. I, I know last week I said Mike Weber needs to sit on the bench and J.K. needs to come in. He really proved himself. I mean, seeing Weber come in and rush for over 100 yards over a number one rush defense team in the nation. That uh, looks really good. They are at that time I the number one. I don't know if that's accurate. Absolutely. Look it up right now. Look it up. They are the We're number one. We're going to go to a commercial defense. break that we don't have while we look this up. The rivalry. And we're back, and guess who's right? So I'm going to eat some crow right now. It looks like Michigan State at the time had the number one. What I was thinking of, to be fair, was Michigan has the number one overall total team defense. Michigan Fact. State does have the Fact. number one rush defense. And that overall, I, before I get into the garbage that Michigan <laughs> showed last week against a team like Rutgers, I want to talk I've about one so, more thing. I've been so kind to you while you just went on lauding your team. Can I chime in now? No. One more thing. <laughs> Ohio State's <laughs> option with Tate Martell is the greatest thing I've seen in a long time. Bringing Tate Martell in, because when you go to run, mathematically, there's always going to be an available defensive lineman to tackle. When you bring in the quarterback option, which Dwayne Haskin does not have, when you bring in Tate Martell, who's an incredible runner, I love this. It keeps the defense on their toes. I'm very excited to see how this but shakes we know, out. But we, I mean, I know it's an option, but we know what his option is going to be. We know he's running the ball. We don't know. Ball. 
We don't know. Oh, he's he running has an the amazing ball. arm. He's running the ball. He's they, incredible. They don't bring. They it's kind of like look. Look, they did this like the Michigan second doesn't, time. Michigan doesn't bring in, let's say, Joe Milton to throw the ball. You haven't played poker a lot, have you? When you show I have, somebody, I'm just not very good at when it. You show, exactly. <laughs> when you show somebody that you can do something and then you act like you're going to do something and you bring in something else, I love the mental game that this brings because the second time that Martell came in, they didn't give him the ball. They gave Mike Weber the ball and it went for but 10 I'm saying, more yards. You know that the ball is going to be ran. You're not expecting the throw. So I, I would dare... I would dare Tate Martell to come in in the Michigan game and throw the ball. Make us think you're running it, bud. Let's save that section. I'm going to put a mark on it. Because we're going to bring it back after the Michigan game when it was detrimental to the Wolverines. I'm so excited. All right, let's talk about how Michigan did something predictable and beat Rutgers by... You know, a decent hold amount. On, hold of on, hold on. I've I, I got a comment. I get. Is it my turn to talk now? Yeah, you can talk. I want to comment on okay. this Ohio State thing. So Drew Chrisman obviously has a phenomenal game. I said I've never seen anything like it. When the highlights from your game are between seven to ten punts, I will eat that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Which you currently said was textbook, and that you've never it seen was. before in your it game. Was so great. anytime that happens, it it's going to be a highlight of That's the game. That's fine. That's fine. But there were no other highlights to that game for Ohio False. State. False. Ohio State ran over 120 yards against the number one rush defense in the country in bad weather. The final, away. the total yard breakdown was 347 to 274. You can look at it if you are, are a Buckeye. You can come away from this game and you can say. I'm happy with the adjustments that have been made, and I guess you can be to an extent. But let's not blow this out of proportion and act like Ohio State's defense was just shut down lights out. Michigan State beat themselves. Michigan State snapped the punt, the ball over the punter's head. Michigan State snapped the ball into their runner's leg and just left it there for Draymond Jones to fall on. This was not a an exceptional game from Ohio State. You can come away and you can be happy with a win on the road. You can be happy with that. But you can't come away and act like this was a statement win and all the problems are fixed. Because I, I don't buy it. Of course, every team has things that they can continue to improve on. All I'm saying is the areas that we have been focusing on that we need improvement, it's trending upward. They showed a great game. I think it's fine. I think it's sloppier than you're willing to give it credit for. But again, you come away with a W. We'll talk in 10 days' time when it's Michigan gets on the field. It's a football game in East Lansing. It's going to be sloppy no matter who's playing. Let's talk about yeah, that you're right, though. Mich- Michigan predictable against Rutgers. Sleepwalking, sleepwalking, sleepwalked, whatever. Didn't look super great didn't. during the first quarter. It didn't. Second quarter on, shut down defense, 42 points on the board, fine. Um. I think what's going to jump out if you look at if you want to start breaking down numbers, which we don't do a ton of here, but if you want to look at the rushing yard comparison, Michigan and Rutgers rushed for the same number of yards at 193. Let's talk about that. Here's why I'm not concerned. If this were the beginning of the year, I would sit here and I would say to you, Mitchell, I don't feel so good. But we've seen Michigan play all year long. We've seen this shutdown defense. The fact that Rutgers exploited them in one game. And really, let's be honest, on one play, uh, an 80-yard touchdown run, give or take a a yard or two, in the first quarter, uh, obviously that's not great, but you got almost half those rushing yards on one play. I'm not concerned that the defense is falling apart. I'm not concerned that we can't stop the run now. I'm I'm okay with having an outlier first quarter like this because, again, Outside of that first quarter, the defense gave him absolutely nothing. The offense showed up. Shea Patterson had 
I and granted it's against Rutgers, but Shea Patterson had probably one of his best games of the year. See, I'm 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 up in the air about that because it was unbelievable watching him was so much fun. But I think an equal amount of watching him run around in the pocket and throw the ball was the amount of effort his receivers were giving him. Yeah. I mean, he did place the ball well, but it also required a oh, lot of effort out of the receivers. Well, it's a, it's so it was a, fun to it's watch. It's a team offensive effort. And yeah. again, I... I don't know I, if I just want to point everything at Shea Patterson. No, no, but I'm saying with a with a quarterback like John O'Corn last year, <laughs> this this doesn't happen. I'm now, surprised you even said his Michigan name. Michigan still wins the game, but you don't get some of these plays that keep drives alive on third down. You don't find Nico Collins in the end zone after scrambling around to make sure that you can get somebody wide open. You don't have that happen. And it it's against Rutgers, so I will go ahead and give you the grain of salt to take my words with because I made fun of Dwayne Haskins for the same thing. Oh, he threw six touchdowns, yes, against Tulane, against Little Sisters of the Poor. Like, yes, I understand what he did. Um, but Shea looked good, and it's it's that consistency thing. It's the consistency from Shea Patterson. You head into this weekend now, if you're Michigan, mm-hmm. you have a game that is screaming to be a letdown game. Don't let it be because I felt like, again, Michigan came out against Rutgers and it's hard to get yourself geared up, right? You can talk about respecting every opponent the way that you would a national champion. It's hard to come off of the schedule Michigan's had and flip the switch and go play Rutgers. But I think that first quarter and you saw it in quarters two through four woke them up a little bit to say, oh, we can't just kind of walk through this game because we will get beat if we play like this. Yeah, that, I don't that think 80 that that yard touchdown year. run. I mean, you were talking about the bad pursuit angles that Ohio State had. Oh, in it the was beginning. horrible. It was a really it was bad horrible. looking but run. But again, the consistency that I see doesn't worry me because I don't see this all the time. That is kind of an outlier in my mind. And it can actually be a good thing because unlike Iowa a couple years ago, you come away there, you have a hand, you win handily, you've got Indiana coming up at home. You're not going to make the same mistake again. So I don't think Don Brown will let him. I'm I'm curious to see how you answer this. You cannot be high on every single element of Michigan's football team. What is one area that you are concerned about moving forward? Special teams, particularly kicking field goals. Yeah, it's Quinn, Quinn Nordeen bad. has a heck of a leg, but he is a heck of an inconsistent kicker. Mm-hmm. He has missed extra points. He missed an extra point in the Mich- in the uh, Michigan Ohio State game last year. He has, I mean, he he got a field goal blocked against Penn State. Not necessarily his fault, but I'm just saying it's not just him. It's mostly him. But that whole setup, that's the kind of thing that in a close game like we've got coming up, the end of November, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that can lose you a game if you shank a field goal and Drew Crisman pins you inside the five. Yep. Stuff like that will lose you ball games. Yep. That's probably the the rest of it. I'm honestly, I'm feeling good about it. I'm okay with it. That's the one X factor that I think if if anything is going to cost us the game, I think it's going to be that. So when you're looking at Indiana, I I had a uh, this coming up this this Saturday for Michigan. They play at four o'clock, and they're 28 point favorites. They're 96 percent chance to win. Indiana has not beat Michigan since 1988. They have a 22-game losing streak against Michigan. Well, and they've come close, right? They have come very, Indi- very close. Indiana is Michigan's Purdue. That's fair. Where we have had, last year we went to, so I got to tell this quick story here. So last year, the Indiana game, and I know that it can be kind of a trap game, right? But I, I tell some friends over in the Dayton area, hey, I'm going to go, I'll help you move. 
but I'll show up at like 1130 or starting at nine. It'll be done. I'll get to watch the back half of the game. It'll be great. They weren't prepared to move. So they're still putting things in boxes by the time I get there two hours into their moving. So by 3.30, the Michigan game is going into overtime, and I'm still moving boxes, which, Sam, which at by, your house. Which, by the way, that just always happens. So, hey, can you come help me move? I got everything packed, ready to go. You get there, it's like, oh, I, so, uh, you know. So I had to listen to the game on the radio in front of my friend's new house while people were moving things in because I am a bad friend. But also, you know what? Have things in your Home ready to go, Sam. So wow. all that to say, the overtime game Just last year, <laughs> uh, I think we went to overtime a couple years ago as well. Um, Michigan scored with just like a second left or something like that. Maybe that was two years back. But we've had these wild games like this yep. where Michigan tends to be pushed right to the edge, but then pull it away. Indiana, Northwestern is the same way. Purdue's been the same way for Ohio State. Indiana started off really, really strong and then had a really like big trough in the beginning of this season or in the middle of the season. And now I think they, their number one goal is to knock off a good team. Oh, sure. So I think they're going to bring as much motivation and energy as they ever have. And so, they played Ohio state well on the road yep. as well. I was so at, we'll that was the game happens. I went to. They I do good. think Michigan will handily win this game. I do think that you guys will pull it out. I hope you do so that it looks better when we play you guys. Sure. Um, sure. And then it's the same kind of thing with Maryland. Although Maryland, unfortunately just lost their quarterback to a knee injury. So even what they had going somewhat decently well for them is now a little bit out of the picture. So I do think that Ohio State and Michigan will handily win their games. This is the calm before the storm. Yeah, this is we've got all focus on these two games because we can't give up focus off of a quote unquote easy win game. And then it's all all throttle forward on Maryland is on the game. Maryland is on the road this week. Correct. Okay. That doesn't matter because it's Maryland, but I just wanted to point that out. Yep. So there you go. (laughs) I cannot believe there's only 10 days. I remember saying we have about 100 days or so to the game. It moved fast. It's crazy. It It moved fast. In Ohio State now, you're exactly right when you, by the way, when you talk about needing Michigan to win, obviously, um, and stay up high because Ohio State's going to need as much help as they can possibly get. We got the new college football playoff rankings, which, hey, deja vu, look exactly like the old college football playoff rankings, at least for the top 10. Um, on your sheet in front of you, Mitch, you'll see that I included my national champion UCF, who Jace, moved up to number eleven. Jace, I know you. I know you agree with this. I've seen a lot of Buckeye fans on Twitter saying, "Why haven't we moved up?" And there is a small, small part of me that has agreed with those people. But it makes sense if nobody else lost in the top ten. There's well, no reason that the Buckeyes should move up. I think they do look better, so that when somebody loses, there's much more of a reason why they should move yeah. up. But it doesn't make sense to jump somebody if they didn't do anything no, wrong. No, right I mean, now. and especially because any team that you would jump outside of that. LSU also has just one loss and you may want to stop talking about it, but the Purdue loss was ugly and the committee's going to remember that. So you do have some control. So here's some good news for Buckeye fans. You have control over a few teams in front of you. You've got control over Michigan, right? Um, I think you have control over LSU because they've got a second loss. So if you can start moving up, I think you would get in basically by control. I mean, either direct control or I think you would get in over them. Plus we would beat Northwestern. So having that conference championship, that that's one that is still a question mark in my mind, if that would actually help or not, but the conference championship, yes, but the quality win, I don't know if that helps, but Michigan for sure. You've got control. I think you would get in over LSU. I think you would get in over West Virginia. Me too. I think you'd get in over Washington State. Much love for the Pac-12 from the Rivalry Podcast. Um, Where you end up with trouble is I don't think 
you would beat an SEC champion Georgia. Mm. I think if Georgia wins out, I think Georgia would probably go. I think if Oklahoma wins out, I think Oklahoma probably goes. Now, who does Georgia play at the end of the season? They've got Bama. Uh-huh. Now, and that's where, for Ohio State, you've got to hope Alabama wins out. Absolutely. You have to. Do. And Michigan does. Now, Michigan would have more of a chance of sneaking in over Alabama should they lose. But I think if you are a Michigan or an Ohio State fan, you just kind of have to hope Bama cleans house and clears the way for you. Um, and I also think if you're Ohio State, this one doesn't matter so much to Michigan, but you've got to hope West Virginia beats Oklahoma. Because I think those are the two teams in your way. A Georgia or an Oklahoma with a conference championship, I think, goes in over an Ohio State Big Ten champion. December 2nd is when the official playoff rankings come out, and we've got a lot to talk about until then. So I am I am loving this time of year. The mid to end November is my favorite time of football. It's season. heart attack city, <laughs> but it is the best time of year. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening in today. You can catch us next Wednesday as we preview the game. It has finally come. It is upon us. I cannot wait to start throwing every <laughs> argument that I can towards Jace because right now Michigan fans feel pretty good about themselves, which is going to be a great thing when they lose. So please like, please review, please follow us on Twitter. We love the support you guys have been giving us this season. If you can please continue to do that, we will be greatly appreciative. And we will see you next Wednesday. Not just a game, it's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.